0: we serve an awesome God tonight. Yeah. Amen. God bless you. How I many has a request on your heart as we go before the Lord? Let's just, uh, approach it now through the throne of grace. We want to continue to remember sister Karen Pritch. She's still, uh, uh, in need of our prayers. They've taken her from hospital unit, ICU unit to a different type of place where it's going to be a, an extended care. And, uh, certainly needs, needs our prayers. So we just ask God to be mindful of our sister the other needs among our local body. Let's just believe him now as we approach him. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we've been given this opportunity to pray. We thank you, Lord, that it's not something that we just do when we're in front of people, not something that we try to search fancy words and something might impress others prayer is not to impress others but it's to touch your heart so we come the simplest way that we know tonight that's from our heart to yours you see as we've gathered here on this wednesday night we're grateful that we can we thank you for that opportunity we've come to sing to worship clap our hands to hear prayer requests to hear praise and testimony to hear your word just expecting you to move for us lord we ask you that you just help us. We can have a believing, expecting heart. Father, we're praying now for all the needs of your children around the world. You see, Lord, there's so much rioting and violence that's going on around the world in the last several days there in South Africa. Lord, I've stood right there in some of those places where all this stuff is going on, and maybe some of the saints don't know about it, but several been killed. And Lord, it's just a it's a prophecy of the end time, we know. Men's hearts will be filled with violence. Well, we pray for your children, knowing some of them live right in those areas there, Father, where this is ongoing. We pray for your mercy to them. Lord Jesus, we're asking you tonight for our precious sister Karen Pruitt, you see, Lord, her needs in her body, and Lord, somehow a weakness there in her, in her brain, that the, the arteries or something are, are weak, and they're allowing these brain bleeds to happen and then father if they try to treat the bleed with medication then it just has other side effects but lord jesus you told us in your word if any two on earth agree is touching anything it shall be done we ask you tonight father in the name of the lord jesus for our sister may the presence of god go to her even this very moment while the saints of god are agreeing together Touch her, Lord God. Raise her up, we pray, Father. Restore her, Lord. Father, this prayer calls I have in my hand tonight. Lord, you know this need. You see, Heavenly Father, this, this dizziness this, of this individual in their body. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and say to Satan, you are a liar and you are a bluff. And our Lord Jesus has already defeated you. May this leave our sister's body in the name of Jesus. Help me tonight, Lord, as it follow my lot to try to speak on your word. Anoint me, help me to get out of the way, Father. I pray. Speak through me the words of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Why not you to turn around and tell somebody? God bless you tonight. Hope you come and receive something from the Lord. Hope you come and get something from the Lord. What about you, young sisters? Y'all get come some get something from God? Huh? Brother Fred, you come and get something from God? Good. All right. Let's have church then. That's what you come for. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Let's read about this church. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee. Now listen, who's doing the talking? So this is the man that's going to establish what he's gonna call a church. It's his church. It's not mine, it's not yours. So really we don't have any input as far as what we think it ought to be. It ought to be the designer. You agree with me on that? Now, notice this and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, this revelation of who he was, I will build my church. Now, look with me at this word Ecclesia, a gathering of citizens called out. Whoa. From their homes into some public place. Whoa. So apparently the Lord Jesus was not the founder of this not going to church doctrine. Well, if he wasn't the founder of it, I reckon I do know who was. Now this is what the founder Said about the church. And this is the word that he chose to use. Now, he could have used whatever word he wanted to, but this is the word he chose to use. A gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public public place. An assembly of the people convened at the public place. Oh, I see. Well, so far we're fulfilling Scripture. We've gathered out of our homes tonight, and we've gathered in this public place. And Jesus said if we're gathered there, then he would be there. No reason why. We can't have church then, are there? And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friends, that's good enough for me. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. To me, it's quite simple, really. It's not complex. It's not complicated. Shouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Unlike the Old Testament, as I mentioned to you on Sunday, that the males would all gather uh, that were required to at least three times a year. They could come more often than that for the other feasts and festivals, but they were required three times a year. This New Testament move is going to be something totally different than the Old Testament. They had a tabernacle in the wilderness, and they had Solomon's temple. Then, of course, the reconstruction of the second temple under the administration of Nehemiah. But it was in a type and in a shadow, a church, but it was not church either. It was a place to where that they would be able to gather around, but only a certain ones was allowed to go into the presence of God where he was. Only certain ones ever allowed to go into the second court. And certainly only the high priest one time a year to be able to go into the Holy of Holies. So it was different. They were not called in there to sing or to worship. They were not called in there to pray. They certainly were not called in there to shout, to rejoice. It was basically off limits but it was a place that they could admire. So they would stand off and look at this place, now even though it was named after them. It was called the Tabernacle of Testimony and the Tabernacle of the Congregation, but it wasn't really that they were partakers of it, but it was named after them. Why? A symbolism that God cannot gather in them But God could gather in this place and that would be a substitutionary until God would be able to create the human body that would cleanse the human soul. So then God would meet there, and God would allow the high priest to come, and the Levites and so on, but the regular people like me and you, if you'd have been a Jew, you would have lived your whole lifetime, and you would have never felt, walked into, or experienced that realm of the Shekinah glory. You would have heard the high priest as he would have come out, and the exclamation of joy, and the sounds of fear and all of that and you would ask him how did it feel being in that presence and he would have told you and tried his best to explain it to you and you would have smelt this uh, peculiar perfume which was only allowed by the high priest. Now it was the word of an apothecary but it was a secret recipe which could only be mixed together and worn by the priest alone. So other people in the camp of Israel had oils and they had all types of different perfume types of things, but this one was only for the chosen of the Lord. All of your life you would have been a believer. You would have never been able to been anointed by this perfume. You would have never been able to be anointed by the oil as its cord at the top of your head and run down to your body. You would have never been able to allow, been allowed to wear the breastplate upon your chest. You would have never walked into the Shekinah and experienced the glory of God, yet you were a believer. But now God is going to institute something totally different. And that is Jesus being the founder of this. He's going to give it the term that he wants it, so he calls it a church. Now he's the first one to use this term in the religious way. Satan did not know exactly what the new covenant would be. Now he knew enough about Jeremiah 31, Deuteronomy 18, 15, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Deuteronomy 4, 35. He knew enough about them to know that the oneness of the Godhead must produce a kinsman redeemer. But God had only give types and shadows and little increments of the truth out so he didn't know exactly what it was it looked as if though so. it would be a mighty warrior the son of David. It looked as if so he would be a natural serpent bruiser that would annihilate the kingdom of Satan. And he would, but he would start from the soul out. So it was really unclear. So you can imagine Satan in these first primeval days of the church, and especially these three and a half years after the Lord Jesus is filled with deity. And he begins to listen to every word that the Lord is saying. And I'm sure Satan went down to hell many days to the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon here and there and there and hearing the different things that was said and him pondering in his mind and trying to figure out what is he doing? What is he saying? Why is he here? What is he going to do? And he began to hear the Lord as he would say things about the Son of Man, you know, must give his life and the Son of Man will die. So he began to see that there was something about it. And now here's the Lord Jesus, and this is on up in his ministry a little bit, Matthew 16. So as he hears this word church for the first time, on this rock I will build my church. Now Satan and his demons here as the master of the house, which has become a son over his own house, now begins to say and allude to something that is in the future, and something that will be his own work, something that he will do, and with a promise that is so solid that the gates of hell will be against it, but they will not prevail. Now you imagine as it went on that Satan began to try to put things together and think well what will it be the church what is that what does that mean is it another temple is it another Solomon's temple well what is it going to be exactly and the Lord Jesus would begin to say more things in St. John 14 about I'll not leave you comfortless but I'll come to you and then Satan thinking what does he mean I'll come to you and he said it's expedient for you that I go away because if I do not go away then the comforter will not come and Satan saying so is he coming or the comforter who's his comforter that he's talking about and then the Lord Jesus in St. John 15 16 17 of course on the way from the garden of Gethsemane uh, where he's going from the table rather to eat to the garden of Gethsemane and it begins to un- unfold the intimate relationship that the disciples have now been called into to where they're called and identified as being friends and Satan and begins to hear these things that he'd never heard before that he had never said and still he's wondering but what is this church thing what, what, what is he going to do imagine even after the death the burial the resurrection of our Lord that he still was pondering what is this all about Now, it might have been unnoticed for a time or two that the Lord Jesus began to appear on certain days of the week. Now, unlike the old law, the high day, the holy day was always the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was, of course, the day that man was to rest and reflect upon God and reflect upon his life. And they would number the feast days according to the Sabbaths as well. But I'm sure that it did not go unnoticed down in hell that our Lord Jesus never raised from the dead on the Sabbath. But he raised on the first day of the week. Now it must have seemed so odd. Now for us today, it doesn't seem odd at all because we've got 2,000 years of this being tradition basically with a lot of people. But can you imagine in that day even with the apostles that felt like they probably understood a little bit about the word, but for our Lord to raise not on the Sabbath day, not on a high holy day as far as the way they would look at it, but on the first day of the week which was Sunday. Now, if there would be any holiday, holiday rather, or holy day, it would, you think, be on the Sabbath. So why would our Lord start a new cycle of events and begin with a new day of the week? Now, I know you don't have a clue where I'm going, but believe me, I've got a destiny I'm going to. If you'll follow along with me, we'll get there together. So whenever he raises from the dead, this is the beginning of a new cycle that something is going to transpire, and it will last for thousands of years. Now, it's, of course, God unfolds his pattern and his nature, and we know that once God reveals himself, he can never change. He only adds more to the persona of what he is so as as I said it must have been unusual and the disciples wondering about it once they looked back and thought why would he raise on Sunday now of course being under the Roman imperial power and then being ruled by them and them knowing you know all that Rome had done of course at this time Rome had not made the holy day of Christmas but Rome still had their Sunday already and we know that the Lord Jesus is not so much trying to just be a radical he's not trying to do something just to be different from everybody else, but he wants to play out the very heart of the secret of God. So maybe the disciples didn't pay any particular attention to it that he raised from the dead. So very early in the morning, Mary and others came to the tomb the first day of the week. Well, then we find him appearing, and what day of the week did he choose whenever he made himself known again to the disciples, and the disciples had gathered together, and everybody was there except for Thomas. Now, Thomas was not there. The Bible doesn't tell us why he wasn't there, but we know the day of the week that this gathering was just so happened to be The first day of the week again. Now, then we notice again one week later that the Lord Jesus gathers together again, and the brothers told Thomas that he'd missed Sunday morning meeting, and he really missed a meeting. So Thomas decided he'd start going to church on Sunday. Now remember this would have been so odd for us today. You know, we do, we go to church on Sunday and other days of the week, but to us when we come to church on Sunday to a real believer, there's something about us honoring the resurrection. This is one of the reasons why we do it. Those who don't go to church, they are dishonoring the resurrection of our Lord. I don't care what they say. Now, the Thomas, you know, who knows exactly what he was doing and where he was at, but yet he had not caught on to it quite yet, and the Lord Jesus gathered with him. So once you notice now a cycle that the Lord is establishing, and that is about the new day of the week in which the saints will gather to worship. Praise God. So they gather on Sunday. Thomas missed the meeting and Jesus showed up. So next Sunday they gather again. Now remember the first day of the week. They gather again because they thought that Sunday meeting was so good. They just gather together and have another church service on Sunday. Now remember they've been used to going to church as far as Hebrew men. As far as requirement three times a year. Now, that would work in the Old Testament, but it ain't gonna work in the New. Now, I realize we got some Old Testament believers in the message, and they still wanna go three times a year whether they need to or not. You know, they'll go Easter and Christmas and maybe St. Patrick's Day or something like that. But you see, that was the Old Testament and not the New. So I want you to notice now that the Lord Jesus is establishing with his church this new day that they're gonna gather together and they're not going to do like they did in the Old Testament where that they would offer a lamb they would offer a turtle dove or a pigeon no but they're gathering together and they're sharing the discourse of the word and they're singing hymns and they're talking about what God has done now remember this is a new order from the old to the new because it fits under what Jesus is going to call and term his church so if you'll notice then the apostles. Start catching this And they start writing in the New Testament And even Paul When Paul writes to them some years later When Paul said Now whenever you're gathered together Let every one of you come in On the first day of the week And may you bring your offering to the Lord So there'll be nothing when I come So notice then This developed from three times a year Or from half a dozen times a year To where that they started doing it and they started doing it on a weekly basis actually Pliny the historian uh, many many years after the death of the apostles began to write to the emperor Trajan and he began to he secretly hid about and was able to watch some of these Christians and I'll read it to you in a bit so we can see that the Lord Jesus established this new thing called the church but he also established a new and a different way to worship now remember it It is him that is founding this church, not me and you. So our opinion that his chosen way no longer works, well, it's a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of junk and it don't belong in our vocabulary in reality because the Lord Jesus never put a set time on this. Now, we'll do it this way until the end time, and then the lady is saying, church, everything will revert back to every man doing what's right in his own eyes. Right. Well, that's what a lot of folks do, but that ain't the right way to do it. Now, then the Lord Jesus was the founder, you agree with me tonight, the Lord Jesus founded the church, so it will be him that will have the say so and how the church ought to operate. You agree with that? It'll be him that will do the head of the church it will be him that will specify how these services and so on would be conducted so it's not going to be a carryover of the law now we know we are what they call Judeo Christian and what that means is that Christianity was actually birthed out of Judaism and we know that there's an element of truth to that but yet we are Judeo Christian as long as Judeo Christian stays in the pages of the Bible but uh, the There's many Judeo-Christian beliefs that are certainly not in the Bible. True Judeo-Christian never baptized in the title of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of folks will say that's Judeo-Christian. That has nothing to do with Judeo-Christian. That is Roman, Roman. So the Lord Jesus now is is teaching. He's only got 40 days, remember. He's only got 40 days after his time of ascending up and being waved on the first day. So he's waved on the first day of the week, and he goes up before the throne of God, and there he is waved as an offering, showing that more are going to come. But he only has so many days in order to fulfill the type of Pentecost and that is the Feast of Weeks. I'll have to go back through that with you sometime. But the Feast of Weeks. So Jesus wasn't here just a random time, any, any, many, many, mo, which way, I don't know. But he was just here at the allocated time of God in between the time of Passover and the time of the Feast of Weeks. So he's going to be here for 40 days. So you imagine Jesus could have done all kinds of things. He could have took them all kinds of places. But one thing that that Jesus did over and over again was he took them to church. And he met with him now not on the Sabbath so much and it was not that he's going to pick up the old Jewish law but he wants to emphasize this new day of worship now I realize we can go to church every day out of the week and we can honor the Lord every day we go but there must be something about that day of the resurrection that the Lord Jesus would choose the first day of the week now then the apostles they began to get it and they realize okay okay we, we see this now that there's, there's been a change and we're coming from the seventh day over into the first day of the week so they begin to get this into their understanding and then it become what the Bible says that they walked in the teachings and the traditions of the apostles so the apostles started teaching this that it was that they were supposed to meet weekly and they would meet weekly and there they would sing and praise the Lord and worship the Lord and we know that initially they did not have any church building so there was rich folks in that day and many of them would be the ones that would allow them to come into their homes because they became believers you know that John said that they are they are spots in your feast of charity now that's actually love feast called agape feast so these rich people would, would let them have their home for church and they'd clear out their furnishings and then they would have their slaves and so on to provide a meal for the saints of God. So they would actually have fellowship together and they would eat after church and they would spend this time together. My, they must have been absolutely wonderful. There's something about the saints of God getting together. So they actually got together for the word and then they would stay over after service and they would, I'm sorry y'all didn't know this was in your history, this is it's what your church fathers done. So then they would stay over and they would have a time of fellowship because remember, they didn't have midweek service, they didn't start it out yet, so they would see them next Sunday. And it went on and on, so this became the established way that they would meet on the first day of the week. Now they had the signs of the living Christ among them and they had his pattern of how and when to go to church. So it wasn't just enough that they would go sporadic. That they would go at will or at leisure. But it becomes something that was an apostolic teaching that they started assembling themselves together, insomuch that Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews and said, Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And that much more as you see the day approaching. Is that right? That's in your Bible. Now, notice then, I want you to, we'll we'll look at that a little bit later, but I want you to catch the setting of that scripture. Now, that scripture is absolutely profound to me, because at the time, if you date this, when Paul writes this in the book of Hebrews, actually the saints of God are being burnt at the stake. The saints of God churches are being raided and they're being taken out taken straight from church straight to a Roman jail wow. and the Lord Jesus is warning them warning them on the risk of their life don't you all start missing church now can you imagine if he would have his prophet to write those people under those conditions now you would think my goodness if anybody would have a right to miss church you'd have a right to miss church because if you go they may capture you they may hang you they may you know they may burn you at the stake but notice how emphatic that this was in the early church that the Lord Jesus did not excuse them from going to the house of God even when when the persecution was there, knowing they could be arrested from going to church. So what excuses do you figure Laodiceans is going to present to him and will be accepted? well there's too many hypocrites in the church I agree there are too many there they are they really are but you know what it's uh, really depends on what you're going there for if you're going there for the hypocrites and I'd say you won't get much out of church but if you're going there to get something from God if 99 percent of them is hypocrites and you and the preachers the only ones that's right I figure both of you can go out and be blessed now let me show you some of the biggest hypocrites that there are in an around this message. And it is those who say you don't need to go to church. And I'll show you why. Because they'll spend their whole life their years trying to find scriptures and quotes to prove that you don't need to go to church. But if Brother Branham showed up in Jeffersonville and started preaching them hypocrites would be some of the very ones that would be there on Sunday. And they would be there every Sunday from now on out to the rapture. So in reality they are liars and hypocrites so they're not going to church because Jesus is there but they would go if brother Branham was there I say shame on you you ought to go because Jesus is there and the bride is there well praise the Lord Now, watch this. We'll go back to the five identifications of the true church. And this is the second identification that the prophets gave us, paragraph 70. Man, he said, let's go to the second thought so we can try to get through all of it. Who set it up? That is, it's mystical body. Who started this? And then he answers his question, Jesus Christ. He is the head of this mystical body. He's the king over it, working his own will in his dominion. So the church, you know, we might say, well, that's Brother Donnie's church and that's that's Brother Ron Spencer's church. And, and you know, in one way, I, I see where you're coming from. But really, I, I, I should have no claim on the church of the living God. No other church and no other pastor, really. It belongs to the Lord Jesus. We are under shepherds. You understand that? We are under shepherds under the great shepherd himself. It was not Paul who died for us or Brother Branham who died for us. It was the Lord Jesus. So he desires his will. Will to be in the church so that's in every local assembly and that's in the mystical body which is around the world not a bishop's control or a church board's control but a king which is Messiah himself working in his own domain when did it begin at Pentecost now the Lord Jesus is laying the foundation stones to get the apostles ready for the baptism of the Holy Ghost but the kingdom actually started in the church form on the day of Pentecost well if we can find out what happened then and we can get in the same way they got in will we not be in the same domain they were in so you tell me what happened on the day of Pentecost the Pope come out and offered them all communion the bishop come out and said, how many accept Jesus Christ as your savior? Come and sign your name on the book and join the church. But there was a great sound come down from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. Now I realize some of you couldn't have got the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost because you think you gotta be standing up. Some of you couldn't have got the Holy Ghost because you'd think you'd have to be down on your knees beating the altar. But the Bible says they were sitting. You know why we're that way? Because we got tradition in our mind. It's not so much that God has to deal with you that way, it's your stinking self. Some of you think you're not worshiping unless you're tearing the benches upside down. Some of you think you ain't worshiping unless you're crying. Some of the rest of you think you ain't worshiping cause you ain't doing this. You need to study a little bit on worship. And you'll find out God did not make all of us exactly the same. Some people worship God, I've never seen some of you dance, and more than likely I never will. Some of you are not dancers, and yet you Love God just as much as the dancers of the church. And yet, if we would take an apostolic look at the Bible and we would want to set it up according to the scripture, could we find any people in the New Testament dancing? Come on. Uh oh. Testing, one, two, one, two, three, testing, one, two. Well, come on now. Where do we get all this stuff? We form it in our minds. And we think the only way God will receive our worship is because of this certain thing that we do or how fast we do it or how fast we say it. And you realize, friends, even whenever we pray for the sick, it's not so much that the preacher has to scream to the top of his voice to get them devils to hear you. Now, you may be hard of hearing, but devils ain't. So, you know, you realize it's not screaming and hollering and jerking your head a certain way. It is them demons recognizing your God-given authority. And if you speak with authority, brother, there was times the Lord Jesus raised his voice and we raise ours. But that is not always the channel that we have to get into. And if we're not careful, we get into such a form, such a form that if we think if we ain't doing this certain way, God ain't moving. We're heading straight for an organization. When we do it We know that our God Is so awesome And so wonderful That he alone Wants to control this church It should not be controlled by me It should not be controlled By a board of deacons Or trustees It should not be controlled By half a dozen lay members Sitting out there That think I want the church this way You have no say You never bought this church You never purchased this church It ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ Himself that says, On this rock I will build my church. Oh my. Notice this. Where did it begin at Pentecost? Now listen, I differentiate this—not the Pentecostal organization, the Pentecostal experience. That's when it began with you. So that puts you and I on first-generation basis. So if we can, God can get us to a spot that He can reproduce the exact same experience that Peter had, that Cornelius' household had, and the policy and the rest of them received the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we will automatically be the exact same church they were. Why? Because the same thing is taking place and the builder of the church, the one who inaugurated the church he could have chose whatever he wanted to inaugurate it. I'm going to hand out handkerchiefs and everybody that gets a handkerchief is in my kingdom. I'm going to hand out cups of wine and I'm going to give everybody a biscuit and I'm going to do that. Whatever he wanted to do, he could have done it. But what did he do? He chose to give every individual a part of himself. Brother, there ain't nothing he could have done no better. There ain't nothing he could have done no better to be able to inaugurate the church. But look what man has done. Man has watered it down. Man has changed it. Man's changed it to creeds and dogmas and so on. Why? Because Satan does not want people to get back to this original Pentecostal genuine. Come on now, I'm not talking about nineteen oh six, I'm talking about Acts two. Oh my Notice he said that's when it began with you. He spoke of its coming. He said what would take place. He told us it was coming. Luke 24, 49 we'll see what he said. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Power from on high. Now he promised of a coming church, a coming kingdom. Now turn over in Acts 1 and 8. Now remember he spoke all also in Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock he would build his church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. We're going to get to that in a few minutes as we go down the other subject. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, unto and the uttermost parts of the world. And it's still ongoing. Amen and it will be until the last one is brought in. Now watch, then he says, a kingdom, a coming kingdom of witnesses. Witnesses of his resurrection. Witnesses of his power. But what has Satan done? Satan has convinced the people down to the church ages that all they need to be witnesses as is the fundamental beliefs of the introduction of the gospel. And they have went around the world with it. Yes, they have. And there's been people that's come to the Lord. How many of them have lasted? How many of them have endured? Why? Because they're just introducing the basic fundamentals. You're a sinner. You're born lost. You're born in a wretched state. But God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and all you've got to do is accept him. Okay, I accept him. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. Well, what about my drinking? what about this? Well, you know, well, 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 what? Go ahead and lead them to the well. Get them on down the and get power inside of there, and them cigarettes will go. That alcohol will go. All the rest of that stuff will go if you become endued with power but Satan has substituted the intellectual faith or the mental conception of the gospel and robbed the churches I hate to say it but I'm going to it's happening right in our own ranks it's happening right in our own ranks may God give us a shaking and a stirring in our message around the world that our young people will not be satisfied by just accepting the intellectual conception that God sent a prophet Every devil in hell knows God sent a prophet. It's gonna take more than you believe him. That God sent a prophet, you gotta be born again. You gotta have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm. A coming kingdom of witnesses. Witnesses of his resurrection. Witnesses of his power. Now uh, friends, I wonder how many folks around this message around the world have never seen a miracle. There are churches in this message that do not even pray for the sick. They don't believe in it. Well, you can imagine what kind of supernatural you're gonna see there. I would advise Eskimo coats, Eskimo boots, Eskimo gloves at them kind of churches because you're gonna freeze teetotally to death. It's gonna be so cold, I'm not sure the devil would even show up, he's used to a hotter place. How can we say we believe in God and not believe in the supernatural? When God himself is supernatural, and where God is supernatural takes place. They don't want us just to be witnesses of doctrines. That's what many message folks have turned into. They've turned into just theologians and they can explain the serpent seed and explain this and explain that. We are not just to be witnesses of the serpent seed. We are to be witnesses of his power, of his resurrection, that he is not dead, he is alive, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Witnesses of his power, witnesses of his being alive, ye, oh my, my, you're my witnesses. Did not God say in the book of Isaiah, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am he. Let me tell you tonight, I am one of his witnesses that he still heals the sick. We saw him do it here. right here this weekend. We saw our Lord Jesus come on the scene. My, I've got only how many testimonies of the healing power of God that happened right here this weekend. Why, because not that I'm the same yesterday and forever, but he is. I'm not the head of this church. You're not the head of this church. He wants to be the head. And if we will allow him to be the head, you call me crazy if you want to, I don't believe we've seen nothing in comparison to what we will see if we will let our faith transcend and move beyond fear and tradition. Oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm afraid I'm gonna get in the flesh. I'm more concerned about getting out of it than I am getting in it. I've been in it 65 years. It's caused me a lot of trouble. It's caused me a lot of problem. I'd like to get out of this old flesh, wouldn't you? I'd like to get out of the way and say, Lord Jesus, what do you wanna do with me? Oh my. Then we also find in Ephesians, the first chapter, the 22nd verse, you that's putting that down, just plenty to put down, just to nail it down to make it sure that you see it. All right, the 22nd verse of Ephesians, the first chapter, and has put all things under his feet, that's Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Who set this church up? It's good. then a bunch of smart aleck message people who think they know everything about everything right. ain't really got nothing to say now you might want to listen to a bunch of blabbermouths if you wish to if I'm going to listen to somebody I'm going to listen to a son of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost that has the power of begettle. You want to spend all your time on YouTube of those people that are trying to disprove this message? I've made this challenge many times and I'll make her again tonight. If you folks that have left the message are the right move of God, then you come here and do the signs of God. If you've got the living God among you and we don't, then you come here and do the signs of the living God. Amen. Well, you say, Well, we're not gifted in that way. Jesus told us these signs shall follow them that believe. So, if you are the true believers, then come and show us the works of God or shut up. Hallelujah. Who set this church up? Jesus Christ. No bishop, no group of men, no pope. No man made powers at all, but Jesus Christ spoke of it being his kingdom that was coming in power. My, my, who is the head of this church? Jesus Christ. Well, that does, that does away with headquarters, don't it? Whether it's in Cleveland, Tennessee or Jeffersonville, Indiana, either one of them. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, Brother Ram said his headquarters was in Jeffersonville. I agree with that statement 100%. That was Brother Branham's headquarters. But after Brother Branham left, Brother Brown told us before he left, the bride's headquarters was in heaven. So it must have moved from Jeff to heaven. Yeah. If you wish Jeffersonville to be your headquarters, that's up to you, so follow whatever they say to do, do whatever you want to do. I get direct to quotations, commands, he pushes my play button and all that sort of thing from my headquarters. Now my headquarters is up in heaven where I'm born from, but from my headquarters is where I get power to cast out devils, what do you get power from yours? Come on, Amen. Who is the head of this church? Jesus Christ. What kingdom is it? The messianic kingdom. The church, not an organization, a church. A mystic body to which Christ is the head. What is the church? The mystic body of Christ. Who set it up? The Lord Jesus himself. I don't care what Pope so-and-so said or Bishop so-and-so said. To be honest with you, let me bring her on down. I don't care what some man said around this message that fished in honey with Brother Brownham. If he don't say what the tapes say, I'm not gonna listen to it. And if he don't say what the Bible says, I'm not gonna listen to him. Well, come on, church. I wanna be identified with the headship of the Messiah. We need healing in our midst. We need deliverance in our midst. We'll only get it by being associated with the head of healing. Thing. The Pope is not the head of healing. Some preacher on this earth is not the head of deliverance. I want to be identified with the head. I don't want to be tied up with some secretary. Huh. Why well, call on Mary when you can go to the same the main man? Mary ain't got nothing. She had to go to the upper room get the Holy Ghost just like me. As a matter of fact, I've done more for the kingdom of God than Mary ever did. <laughs> well, all she was was a womb. That's all she was was a womb. She never led one person to a new birth who had any history out. She was never called to preach. She was never a foundation implemented into the apostolic church. She was a womb. That's all. Don't make a goddess out of her. Many of you sitting here have led more to the Lord Jesus Jesus and Mary ever did. Why, because we make idols out of some of these people, but we need to let God take a hold of our life. Don't make an idol out of this man, or that woman, or this man, or that woman, but let the Holy Ghost come inside of you and make that image inside of you. Lord, what can I do for you? My. Notice this, he says, who set it up? The Lord Jesus himself. It wasn't set up at Rome. Now, they want to claim it, of course. Well, since Peter was the first pope, and they want to say that Peter's bones is in their body, in their you know, great cathedral there, and that gives them power, apostolic succession, where they can be able to remit sins. We do that here, up here in this water. The Bible tells me if I lay hands on you, if you've committed any sin, that sin will be forgiven you if you'll believe. I don't need Peter's bones, I got Peter's God. Praise the Lord. Oh my, we don't need some great big cupola overshadowed in gold. You know, Michelangelo to come in and paint some type of this and that and the other. We've got exactly what we need, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Notice this, it was not set up in England by John Wesley. Neither was it set up by Calvin or in America, the Baptist, by John Smith. Neither was it set up in California by the Pentecostals. Well, let me just bring it on down. It wasn't set up by William Branham in Jeffersonville, Indiana. He was part of it, but it wasn't started by him. So those who try to start something new out of his message are Antichrist. Quite plain and simple, Brother Bram says anything against the teaching of Christ is anti Christ. Christ taught ministry, Christ taught church. Christ didn't just teach church, he went to church. Mama, it was set up by Jesus Christ, the king of the messianic kingdom. That's who it was set up by. He is the king. He wants to be king. He wants to rule us. You see, he don't wanna just rule this church. He wants to rule every individual who comes to this church. He wants to rule us. He wants to be Lord. People let him in and say, I let him be my savior but they won't let him be Lord. Lord means ownership, rulership. Oh, even a lot of message folks don't want this. They wanna listen to the kind of music they wanna listen to and kind of movies they wanna watch and fill their minds with this and that and the other and have their little sins on the side and think they're gonna go, don't you get quiet on me. You want him to save you from hell, don't you? You don't wanna burn in that pit. But for him to tell you what to do and how to dress and how to do this, that, and other, you won't let him, you won't let him control you. But there's a people on the earth who will that's the bride and she'll say come Lord Jesus you're you're, you're my master you're my Lord you're my Messiah you don't like this music fine I'll quit listening to it you don't like this book I'm reading Lord you don't like me going out doing this just tell me anything I'm doing that bothers you and I'll quit it and you don't even have to explain to me why just tell me you don't like it tell me you don't want me to do it because you're my master you're my Lord you're my Savior you're my King just tell me what you want, I'll do it. Brother, sister, that's bride material. Lord means ownership, rulership. Come into my heart, Lord. Save me from hell, but don't tell me what to do. That's the attitude of the people. Now, you can imagine this is 1960 when he said that. Here we are all these years later, 61 years or something later, can you imagine the attitude of people now? Well, that was the attitude of all the denominational people. All the same things move right into the message people now. You Don't you tell me what to do. You ain't telling me, I do what I want. Hi, there's your problem. You got that bad eye disease. My, ah, well, praise the Lord. I'm just happy to be in church. <laughs> Now, what's the third thing? Now, I want to find out what is the message of this church? What should this church teach? What's its message? The first message that I can think of that this church mystical body will teach. Whoa. Repentance. 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 Now watch, he's gonna read the scripture in Luke 24, 46. Let's begin with the 46th verse. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins. Oh, I want that to soak in because I'm coming to something in a minute on that remission of sin. Repentance toward God and repenting, remitting of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So it makes you wonder how many converts that had been converted around the world under the auspices of a Trinitarian God, a pluralism of a Godhead. And they baptize them in the titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. How many of their sins were ever remitted? Amen. Don't you understand when people take on those titles spiritually, they are baptized into the Catholic Church? They may hate her. They may fight her. My, my, some of these strict Baptists around here, and some of them you'll find on YouTube, they blast the Catholic Church from one end to the other and still stand up for some of her dogma. Don't tell me I've seen some of their excerpts, and they'll stand right up for the Trinitarian idea, and I'm thinking, I just sat there in life, I'm thinking, are you blind as a jackrabbit? Here you are blasting your own mother, and you baptize people into her assembly. Yeah. You're blasting your own mama and yet you deny the name of the bridegroom that the bride of Jesus Christ, my brother, sister. There's no way the bride can ever do it. Some of you that allow yourself to be baptized in the name of William, Mary, and Branham, I say God have mercy on your wretched soul. Some people around the world, around the message, casting out, devil's trying to anyway, in the name of William Branham and saying the new name of God is William Branham. You're a false prophet. I said you're a false prophet and you're preaching contrary to the word there's only one name given oh hallelujah under heaven and earth whereby men must be saved and that's the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we cast out devils in his name we lay hands on the sick in his name and we are buried in his name oh my He's the one the whole Bible's turned around, involved around him. Surely he'd know what ought to be taught. He'd know what ought to be done. And he said repentance and remission of sin must be preached at all nations for a witness, beginning at Jerusalem. Now watch, going on down this paragraph a little farther. But that's what he said. His message That's the message of the church. Isn't it amazing, though? We go by this term, message. But if you preach repentance in a message church or in a message convention, how many people wouldn't even pay the attention to you, Brother Jack? They'd think you wasn't deep. But I wonder how many would need to repent. Well, you know it already. This is still part of our message here. And it's not just for sinners, it's for us Christians because sometimes Christians get in a mess. Well, come on, somebody. They get in an absolute mess and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get out of the darkness and the mess they're in. They're ashamed to go to their pastor. They're afraid to talk to their husband or wife. They're afraid to tell anybody else because everybody feels like they're better. Let me tell you one thing. There may be folks in here that feel like they're better than everybody else, but I know them better than you do and take my word for it. There ain't one person Person here better than the other one. Every one of us need the grace of God. We need mercy, we need repentance, we need forgiveness, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We ain't got nothing to brag on except the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now Jesus is the king, he said, the second message. I wonder how it makes the Lord Jesus feel when some of the message preachers preach more about Brother Branham than they do the Lord Jesus. Well, if I was a king, it'd kind of make me a little bit ashamed, embarrassed. They talk about your pastor more than they talk about the Lord Jesus. Sure, we need to honor and respect the men of God, but don't make gods out of them. Don't make idols out of them. Sure, you can pay tribute in the right way, but there's only one king. He is not going to share his throne with Donnie Reagan or any other man. Jesus is king. Not only that, and is alive forevermore. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus is king and alive forevermore. That's what the church ecclesia should teach. I wonder if we wouldn't have a greater move among us sometimes if we talked more about how great He was. He said, "How great we are." Well, y'all want me to schedule some meeting somewhere and give you a break? Let me go somewhere. <laughs> teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's right. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's the message. Amen. Amen. Also, it's not that Brother Branham is the same. And it's not that we're the same. The message of the church. Look, friends, I wonder what have we done? What have we done? What have we done? But what we say, the message. Here's the messenger himself telling us in this stage of 1960 what the message should be. So when the seals come open, what then? Add that to this. When Christ's mystery is revealed, add that to this. Don't leave this out and capitalize on that and say, well, we no longer need that. Now we're just preaching seven thunders, seven thunders, seven thunders, seven thunders, seven thunders is good. What good to do if you don't preach repentance? All right. yeah. Come on, church, what good does it do to preach opening of the seven seals and seven thunders and this and that and the other? My, I had an evangelist friend of mine tell me not long ago, he was at a certain church preaching. They like to tore that place down. They screamed, they hollered, they run, they jumped. I mean, they was all over everywhere. He got scared a couple of times himself. He said, afraid he was gonna attack him in the pulpit. The pastor told him after the service. He said, I'm gonna tell you one thing, buddy. You was right in line with what you was preaching. And he said, you got on this and you got on that. You hit on homosexuality and you hit on something else. And he said, the ones that were screaming the loudest was the guiltiest of the whole bunch. So tell me, what good does all that do? If your heart ain't right with God. But if we don't preach repentance, then we think, well, God don't see it. I can do whatever I want to do, and God don't see it. I don't know where you've been hearing that at, but it is warped. Lord Jesus. Hmm. That's what the church should teach. Teach them to observe. Now watch a quote scripture, Matthew 28, 20. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's right. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the message of the church. Doing his work. Proving. Notice, we are not to just believe in the resurrection. And point people to a resurrection. We are to prove it. Amen. Yes, sir. Ah, oh, just separate the men from the boys, won't it? Just separate the bride from the church, right here. So we're not just, well, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, 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 no. Proof. Proof. Proving his resurrection and giving witnesses. Oh, my St. John 14, 12, he gives the teaching that the church should do. And St. John the 14th chapter and the 12th verse, we'll see what that says. St. John 14, 12, so we'll read it and make it official. I like it official, don't you? Make it official, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and even more than this, or greater works than this shall he do, because I go to my Father. That's the message of the church. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Living in the church. King of the church, raised from the dead. Come on now, this is the message of the church. Jesus is still alive. Tell me what denomination does not point backwards that he's raised from the dead. Tell me what one of them does not believe that Jesus raised from the dead. They're not proving his resurrection by saying they believe he raised from the dead. But by allowing him to live out of their lives and do the works that he did, that's when we prove he is alive. Hmm. Performing the same works, doing the same things that Jesus did. That's the message of the church. Now I'll say it again. For those of you who like to pick my sermons and stream them and find things so you can keep making your YouTube updates on your video libraries. If you have the truth and I challenge you before this congregation and the world, stand and do the greater works of the Lord Jesus or you're a liar and a false prophet. And those of you who don't believe in going to church but just believe in sitting around and fellowshipping a little bit together and you're beyond church, I challenge you to do the same thing or you're a false prophet. If you're the true church, you're the voice of God, do the works God said he would do. And if you don't do it, I have a right as a child of God to question your credentials. Amen. Oh, Brother Donnie, the Bible says judge no man. I'm not judging you. I'm a fruit inspector. I'm just moving back the leaves and seeing what you got. I don't see nothing yet. <laughs> <Woo. Right. laughs> Notice this. You say that's awful plain. I'm mean for it to be. Amen. Amen. That's the message of the church. If the church isn't teaching that, it's teaching some false Theology. That's what Jesus commanded them to press play. The Lord Jesus established His church on preaching. A false prophet tells us we don't need to preach. Come on, children, don't get scared. I'll get scared after a while after the anointing leaves me. Don't worry, I know what fear is all about. (laughs) This is what the prophet of God said himself, that we're supposed to what? We're supposed to replicate the life of our Lord Jesus. That's what Jesus commanded them to preach. Oh, if you only knew the truth of it, you don't, do you? You don't. You wonder why I keep saying it, you just wonder why, why, why. Because huh. those others are being commended and instructed to quit preaching. And it would be best if they would sit down. Well, if a true prophet of God said this, tell me who is going contrary and suggesting that men of God sat down and shut their mouth. It can only be a false prophet. Well, hallelujah, Brother John. Can I have a few more minutes? How many knows what the gospel is? Not the word. Woo! Not the word. I don't think I'll ever forget it as long as I live. That day, me and Brother Murphy were sitting in the airport in China. And we were supposed to take off, had our tickets in our hand and flight times and so on and so on. We were going from one city to another and we started talking. And I just felt led of the Spirit of God to go in this direction. Brother Murphy, the people from China need to see the Gospel. And you do know that the Word is not the Gospel. Brother Donnie. <laughs> well, it just so happened I'd been studying on that. Did we have a time? Bless his heart. I love that guy. Notice, Brother Ram said, not the word. Paul said the gospel come not to us in word only, but through power and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The gospel is the power of God to make the word act what it says it will do. Praise be to God That's right. Oh you see my friends That's why whenever we checked into the hotel there In the place when we went into China We started having the meetings there In my room in the little two room suite And they had guards at the door of every elevator Elevator door right there Guard sitting right there Right across the street And they make a note of which room you go into So some would come 30 minutes early Some 45 minutes early Some an hour early And then walk down past my door And walk over here and walk over there And then try to sneak in Hallelujah but they come with such simple faith to believe what God could do. Why, because we started preaching, he's not just a God of the letter, he's a God of power. They roll one sister in in a wheelchair. Later that service, she pushed her wheelchair out. Why, the gospel, not just theology, not just words, hallelujah, but the gospel manifested in power. Whew. Listen <sighs> Praise God Hallelujah. The gospel is the power of God And look how deceiving that is That Satan has convinced millions That the gospel is Jesus came to save you and you don't have to be lost and all you gotta do is accept him and you'll sin now and of course you can't live you know perfect nobody's nobody's perfect says who? my Bible tells me be therefore perfect as your father in heaven is not human perfection but perfect in Christ and this is what they think the gospel so they print out millions of tracts and hand them out And what is it? The letter of the gospel. Where's the power? You can't hand out power, but you can hand out tracts. And we've done it around the world. Don't you understand that many of the message folks are following in the same path of the denominations. They think if you simply give them a book or a tape, it's just a message version of a denominational gospel. But they need to see a resurrected Savior. Yes, give them books. God knows we've done our part. Around the world, tens of thousands, may I say it without exaggeration, hundreds of thousands. I'm still doing it to this day. But you cannot just hand somebody a book. He must have felt so sad that day Confused and perplexed. He just been up to Jerusalem, where all the dignitaries were. He was sitting there reading his Bible, the quotes from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of God moved on a member of the body, a preacher. Believe it or not. He said, Go join yourself with that chariot. And he come up to him. The man was reading as a lamb led to a slaughter. Dumb before her shivers. So he opened not his mouth. And the eunuch said to the man, Who's the man speak of? Is he speaking of himself? Or is he speaking of others? The scripture says that he began at that same scripture. And preached unto him Jesus. He did not bring down a watered down denominational concept but he must have preached a Christ that was so alive, praise God, that they come near a water hole and that man said, here's water, what does hinder me? Look friend, rapturing power was in that message that man preached. Was it not? Rapturing power was in that man's message that he preached. He experienced a personal rapture after he preached the gospel, and the gospel so lived out of him. You imagine that man, that man went back to Ethiopia, and there they say the gospel was carried to the Ethiopians and spread across much of Africa from that point. Can you imagine that man telling that testimony? Brother Shell, with us your testimony? Y'all won't believe me if I tell you. Oh, no, no, we're believers. You won't believe me if I tell you. Oh, come on, come on, tell us. Probably some of them said when they got done, I didn't believe him when he told me. But there's some believers there. Brother Sam said, Lord, can you believe that? This message has so much power. It changed the messenger. And he went off flying into there and wound up in another city miles and miles down the road. Look, brother and sister, I don't need to fly away, not yet. But I need the power of God to preach a living Christ to help deliver you from things in your life. And you need the power of God to help deliver you from those things and hold on to your deliverance not just quotes, not just scriptures, not just theology, the gospel. The gospel. Let me read the rest of this quote and we'll close. The gospel is the power of God to make the word act what it says it'll do. Preach the gospel to all the world. Preach the gospel just to the white people, the brown, yellow, black, to every creature, amen. Every creature, you believe that means that? I seen God baffle a bull one day. I seen him cause hornets not to sting. I seen him raise up a possum that had been laying dead all night. Now listen to this. The gospel will take effect upon anything that you ask. You say, that's wrong, Brother Branham. It isn't wrong. Jesus said to that tree, cursed be you. No man eat from you from henceforth. And the gospel was preached to that tree. Amen. I feel religious. Well, maybe you don't need to curse a tree tonight. Maybe it's a disease in your body. Maybe it's a growth Maybe it's a demon got a hold of one of your children, your husband, your wife. Hallelujah. 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 I hear him say, if the same one who said, let there be light, can speak that out of your heart. Now you and I both know we can take the word and speak it ourselves." by using our faith, it may or may not happen. But if we can ever break into that channel and let him speak it out of us, there will be no nothing that will stand in your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we don't desire to be know-it-alls. We don't desire, Lord, to be show-offs of your power. I never want to pray for someone and then get healed and then me try to associate myself that i had done something about it. Lord, we know that that's the surest way for you to stop flowing in a man's life. It's for pride and arrogance to get in the way. But Lord God, your people have so many needs. Lord, in our own assembly, there's so many needs. If you can use me, if you can use these other minister brothers, these laity and their capacity that you've called them, Lord, don't use us that we can be glorified, but use us that we can glorify you. That we can be witnesses of your resurrection and of your power. Lord God, as I stood right here this weekend and I was telling Brother Darrell about it for service. I laid my hands on someone standing here at the altar. And Lord, all of a sudden a surge hit me right on my left hand side. It was like a charge of Electricity that went through my side come out my hand and hit that saint of God standing there and I seen it when it hit them the power of God surged through their body and that thing left them right then Lord so that people could say what I'd done? No so we could say there's a mighty God among us there's a healer among us. A deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a promise keeper. There's a devil defeater. There's a home fixer. A holy ghost baptizer. Oh, glory to God. There's a seawalker. A body changer. A marriage counselor. And a marriage fixer a man that's a God, that's a king, that can fix drug addicts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, may you take our bodies, flow through us, Lord God. We'll not just be witnesses of the theology, the doctrines of this message, but our message will also be repentance. Our message will be Jesus is king. And Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Hallelujah. May our message not be how wonderful we are and how great we are and how mighty we are. Forgive us, God, for our foolishness. We're here to exalt you, Father. Oh, Lord, would you come among us, Lord. Blessed be your name, Father. We have needs here tonight, Lord, and needs of people that are streaming that's not even able to be here. Father, in the name of Jesus, may you minister to your people, Lord. Lord, I'm hearing of wonderful things that you're doing around the world. Lord, if wonderful things you're doing right here among us, but we want to see more. Not that we would be uplifted, but Satan would become powerless before her praise God praise God to build our faith to such a place that we will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye oh blessed be your name Lord Jesus forgive us father if we've wasted time on preaching this and that and the other Give us ministers such a balance in the word. We have to strike sin, sure. We have to establish the church in certain doctrines, sure. But help us to always be so sensitive to know when we've dealt with something long enough to constantly flow in the channel of the Spirit of God. Help us, Lord. I know it's the middle of the week, Lord, and they're tired. They've worked. But I just want to give you a few minutes, not that we're putting you on a schedule. I don't know what you might want to do, Lord. I don't know who you might want to heal, who you might want to deliver right here. I sent you here in a wonderful way. Praise God. Oh, Jesus, may you just pass among us tonight with healing, deliverance, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, maybe there's some here that feels so far away from you. Maybe they've backslid. God, they're not where they need to be, and they feel so ashamed of where they are. Father, may you deal with their hearts tonight. Satan may try to tell them there's no way back. But Jesus, may you warm their hearts by your presence. Oh, Father God. Father God. months since COVID hit her. has been without the sense of taste and the sense of smell. We believe our God's the same. We believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's call on him right now. What if this was you, friend? Wouldn't you want people to be able to touch God for you? Lord Jesus, Carol and I was talking about Sister Sarah some time ago and just wondering if if it had returned to her. I know Carol lost it for a bit. But Lord, I can't imagine how difficult this has been. You loved us so much that you knew that we would enjoy eating. And you knew that we would enjoy the pleasantry of smells. You could have made us very bland. You could have made us without the sense of taste. and Then everything we ate would have tasted the same, just been a difference in texture. But you were so particular about us. You wanted us to taste sweet and sour and all these different things. This is part of your creation. Because of this disease, we know where it come from, the devil. is affected our sister, Lord. And The doctor has told her that nerve is right up there, Lord, in her sinuses, around her sinuses, like in between her eyes. So it's affected that. Lord, you wanted us to be able to smell the beauty of flowers and a fresh grass after being mown or a rain come through and that fresh smell. She's not been able to smell that now, Lord, for these 13 months. Lord Jesus, I've not preached tonight that I'm the same or she's the same, but that you are. Father God, I anoint her in your name. As believers, we join our faith together for our sister and I speak to this devil, and I say to you, Satan, you are a liar and you are a bluff. Take your hand off of this nerve. Father, how many times would the prophet, whenever he'd pray for a blind person, not every time, but apparently when the discernment would strike him, and he would command that demon to let go of that optic nerve because that demon had somehow squeezed around that thing And apparently, Lord, this devil has tried to squeeze around this nerve. But in the name of Jesus, Satan, take your hands off of our sister. You are a liar. In the name of Jesus Christ, may it go from her. We believe you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We believe. This is what we do we believe because we're believers anybody else with a need in your home your life, your body, just raise your hand you don't have to necessarily come up here unless you want to whatever you need the high priest is walking right among us right here tonight you need healing, you need deliverance you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost something in your home something on your job hallelujah 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 Oh, Jesus, we magnify your name tonight, Father. Lord, I don't want to just limit it to this visible audience, but I, Lord, I pray that you'd go out to those that are streaming as well tonight. Maybe those that will archive this service weeks down the road or months, may your presence move for them, Lord. It doesn't really matter if they even remember the preacher's name or the name of the church that they were streaming it on. As long as they got out of it, Jesus healed me. Jesus delivered me. That's what we're concerned about tonight, Lord. Oh, Father, we want to be witnesses of your resurrection. Witnesses of your power. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, may you minister healing. May you minister strength and courage and deliverance lord we call upon your mighty name we join our faith together the darrell would you come up buddy and offer prayer for the saints listen saints this is one of the reasons that we assemble together you see folks that don't see the need of them going it's all about them i don't have to go i don't need i i i, I. it's all about them but church is not just about you It's about all of us coming together and you giving your part, me giving my part. Us giving to the Lord and us giving to one another. Pulling together for the saints of God, ministering to a body. You imagine that finger? If it makes up its mind, it's going to pull away from the rest of my body. How long will it live? How long will it live? Within a few days by the same, it'll start rotting. It'll start stinking. That's what happens to people when they pull away from church. That's why they get a rotten, stinking attitude. Oh, everybody up there is a bunch of hypocrites. Well, you can see right there is what happened to them. They've cut their off from the blood supply of the lamb. They've cut their off from the spirit of God. And they get such horrible, terrible attitudes. Nobody's going to heaven but them. It's a body move. If you're the only one right, then you ought to be burdened for every one of the rest of us that ain't right. Come on, saints. Don't you love him with all your heart? Pray for us, buddy. We appreciate Brother Darrell, don't we? We love it. Let's just believe.
1: Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this evening. We are so grateful. That you're a God who can be touched by the feeling of our affirmatives, Lord. Father God, in this congregation this size, there's many needs, Lord. But God needs it. I can't fix, Lord. Needs that no man can fix, Lord. We bring them to you, Lord, because we know that you are our healer and you are our deliverer. And you said in your word, I will restore, saith the Lord. Father, I believe that today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave, that same anointing would move upon each heart, dear God, in this congregation, and those that would be streaming, dear God, tonight in their homes or wherever they would be, dear God. May the power of the living God move upon each need tonight, God. Oh, God, may fear leave the people, may oppression leave the people tonight, Lord, we pray. God, may the blood pressures become normal and sugar, Lord. May it level out, God. And may the arthritis loosen up, dear God, and the deaf ears. May they start to hear again in the eyes that are weak. May they be made strong, dear God, And the minds that are tormented. May they be liberated to the power of the living God tonight. Because we serve a living God who cannot fail. And your word cannot fail, Lord. And you would never give these promises in your word if you couldn't fulfill them. But you said, I am the Lord who heals all thy diseases. And Father, we believe that tonight, Lord. We don't look to symptoms and we don't look to sensations. As long as we look to our symptoms, we'll, we'll always have them, dear God. But tonight, we give you every symptom, every pain, every obstacle, God. Everything is Satan, every barrier that we try to hold over the people. We simply lay it at your feet, Lord, and walk away free. For you said, whom the Son hath made free is free indeed. And oh, God, tonight, we claim our victory through the blood of Jesus Christ, our healer and our deliverer. Our overcoming power, Lord God, we surrender it to you tonight, God, and we pray, Lord, may you move upon every knee of every heart, Lord, those, God, that are, oh, oh God, those tonight, Father, that are afflicted, oh, God, that they're, 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 pos- Oh, God, those tonight with the medication, God, that they're addicted to it, Lord. God, that, Oh, Father, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would deliver that person, Lord. Deliver that sister tonight from that bondage, dear God, of that medication, Lord. Oh, Father, you are our medicine pouch, dear God. You are that which we need tonight, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may that yoke be broke tonight, Lord, that she may be free, I pray. Grant, oh, God, tonight we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. May the heart rates come back to normal, God. May the skip beats come back to normal, Father. Whatever the need would be in any life tonight, God, we call you on the scene in the name of Jesus. May you move for each heart, Lord, we pray. And oh, God, may Sister Sarah take courage tonight, Lord, as we seen you heal that sister in Ohio last week, God. One hundred days of no smelling, but she came on the scene and touched her, Lord. Oh, you're the same here tonight as you are in Ohio, Lord. And we believe you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God, we ask it tonight. Who hath believed the report of the Lord? Do you believe God's your healer tonight? Do you believe God heard your prayer tonight? Then raise your hands and receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Cast down your enemy tonight. Cast down Satan tonight. He's lying to you. Put him under your feet tonight. The blood of the Lamb of God has made us free. We're free indeed tonight to worship him in spirit and in truth tonight. Oh, how we praise you Lord God. We receive the promise of your word tonight. We receive you as our healer and our our deliverer tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen and amen. Oh God. Oh, God, I thank you for it tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you for healing back trouble, God. We thank you for healing diabetes, Lord. We thank you tonight, dear God, for your mercy and your love for us. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, you died in our stead, Lord. Oh, how we thank you, Lord God, that you're the provided lamb for everything that we have need of, dear God. We got sorrow in our home. We can go meet you. We got sickness in our home. We can go meet you, Lord. No matter where you're, where, what we're dealing with tonight. Father, we can go and meet you in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is no name like the name of Jesus Oh, Jesus. How we praise you tonight, Lord Amen and amen and amen Oh, hallelujah Oh, hallelujah Oh, do you believe him tonight? Amen, amen Amen Who hath believed the report of the Lord we have believed the report of the lord whose report will you believe we shall believe the report of the lord for his report says i am healed his report says i am sealed his report That's right, his report says, victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. For his report says, I am healed. His report says, I am sinned. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Oh, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? we shall believe the report of the lord his report says i am healed yes lord yes lord i am sealed his report says i am free his report says victory whose report We shall believe the report of the Lord Whose report will you believe We shall believe the report of the Lord Hallelujah Do you believe it If thou can't believe Amen His report Oh his report Sing it one more time. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. For his report says, I am you. Amen. Am. God bless you, sir. Amen. Amen. amen Amen. hallelujah hallelujah he never said did you feel it but he did say did you believe it if thou can believe all oh, are possible to them that believe. Amen. Oh, how many believers are in the building tonight? The prophet of God said when the weakest Christian gets on their knees to pray, all hell trembles. There's enough of us here tonight to give hell a nervous breakdown, friends. We are the victorious ones. We are the overcomers. We are the bride of Jesus Christ of the last day. We are the witness that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's moving among his people, confirming his word, doing what he said he would do. This is the hour of the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Oh, that the wind will obey us. Amen. Sickness will obey us. At the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. Every devil shall be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. When temptation rounds you gathers, breathe that holy name in prayer and watch demons scatter. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Next time so. I'm going to start preaching God bless you saints oh hallelujah have you believes God touched it tonight amen. do you believe the report amen. amen the church of the living God thank you Lord for letting us be a part of it amen God bless you God bless you saints. amen let's
2: just sing this song let's sing this song tonight as you as you're dismissed Amen, from the service. Remember service Saturday night. Amen. Be praying, believing. Let's sing this song. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing that tonight as you go. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus.